Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Welcome back into another edition of College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. We do apologize. Little tournament in Augusta, Georgia last week sort of got the better of us scheduling-wise, work-wise. So we didn't skip out on them with any intent, Brentley. Sometimes <laughs> things happen. And you know what? I'm looking at is I just got off a red eye from Pasta Tiempo. Literally walked in the house 20 minutes ago. It's a little after 11 a.m. Eastern, so we're going to turn this around quickly. I'm just trying to stay up, but I think that that week off could be a little refresher for all of us heading into the postseason. That's what I'm going with. I don't know, Burko. I think this is. Uh, I think, I think we dropped tired. the ball. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I, I dropped the ball, uh, and fortunately, we don't get to talk about Texas's runaway victory at the Haskins Award Invitational a couple Sundays ago. But I feel like I'm. I feel like your tiredness is, is wearing off on me through osmosis because I I just got the, the fit of the yawns in the last 30 seconds. So hopefully, you know, we can kind of snap out of it. But uh, so I'm not feeling really refreshed or recharged, but you do what you got to do. Yeah, you fight through it. I've been up 27 straight hours. Goal is to get the boys in bed by 8 o'clock. So if I can do it. And it's always the best sleep after being up for 36 hours with with no uh, libations, if you will. This is just 36 <laughs> hours. We we've all had those uh, runs back in the day, but uh, I digress. But we're back this week. We're going to run it through uh, NCAs. Looking forward to it. And again, as always, College Golf Talk brought to you by Velocity Global as Velocity Global seamlessly connects employees and talent anyone, anywhere, anytime. Anyhow, as its global work platform is built on cloud-based technology, compliance expertise, and unmatched scale in 185 countries and all 50 United States, the world of work is forever changed. We know talent can live anywhere, work for anyone, and get the job done as more than 1,000 businesses engage top talent in another state or another country without the need to set up a foreign entity or registration. They rely on Velocity Global to make it simple and compliant. Velocity Global, they are accelerating the future of work. To learn more, visit velocityglobal.com slash golf. I mentioned just fresh back from Pasa Tiempo, and you alluded to the fact we couldn't talk about the Texas Longhorns. 
<laughs> Excuse me. Couldn't hit the mute button in time. My apologies for that. Try. I had coffee in one hand. Something was going down. So hopefully you didn't spray coffee over your laptop. No, 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 no. The coffee was getting saved. Those that listen to this one, uh, allergies, as soon as I come back to Florida, didn't waste a moment. Uh, <laughs> we couldn't talk about Texas and their 26 shot win at Augusta. We can talk about the Longhorns and their one shot victory back and forth battle with Pepperdine. I was there, so I'm going to give the floor to you. What were your impressions? What were your takeaways from the three days at the 75th Western Intercollegiate? Well, this just validated what I've been talking about for the last couple months, and especially going to Austin and seeing firsthand just how hungry and how hard these guys were working back home. And then all of a sudden, they kind of call their shot and they go out and and dominate Oklahoma State. Then they edge Pepperdine on on a course that the Waves have historically played very well on. Like like I said on TV yesterday, they're they're playing like the best team in the country and entering conference, entering the postseason, I think they're the team to beat. And Pearson Cootie has – I know he's impressed you. He, he's really Im- impressed me with how seamlessly he's been able to transition back into the lineup after miss, uh, missing almost four months with the broken right arm. Wins by six shots in Augusta. Really should have won this week. I mean, I was, I'm looking at the scorecard right now, and he was seven over – on the last three holes, the last two or the last four holes, the last two rounds. I mean, he plays those just a few shots better and he ends up winning the individual title instead of Pepperdine Dylan Minetti. So, but I mean, that's just, you know, grasping at straws and uh, Texas just looks, uh, they look unbeatable right now. I'll give you credit. You didn't waver. You said when they get healthy, Texas was the team to beat. Can't deny it. One of the best in the country. I had to see them come back. I had to see Pearson come back. I had to see Parker come back. Plain and simple. Mission accomplished. As you just talked about Pearson, uh, you know, John Fields told me he's about 90%. He said Parker's all the way back. Um, Talking to Cole Hammer, I said, ever moments this of concern, wondering what this last hurrah going to be like? And he said, no. Because we knew they were coming back. It wasn't a, oh, we'll see how they recover. They're like, no, they're going to be out for two to three months, and then they'll come back. I mean, it was pretty much right on schedule. And they probably did it smartly. Take a few extra weeks. Doesn't matter if you miss something in March. You can't miss it in May. Um, impressive, to say the least. Mason Nome, if he plays like that as yeah. a five, I, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon, but I will, ag- I will agree with you the flavor of the week, the flavor of the month, and that's not disrespect to them. That's just what men's college golf has been to me this year. It's Oklahoma one week. It's Pepperdine another. It's Texas another. Oh, look at Oklahoma State. I can't wait for Greyhawk. When I was talking to Michael Beard yesterday after the broadcast, we had some time to fill, so I did a long interview with him, and said the same thing he's like this thing's wide open i mean there's certainly four five six very good teams that i think we'd all pencil in as favorites and i said what if we get all four or five or six of them in match play i mean oh, it's gonna be a hot, hot dog i mean 
I'm excited <laughs> about that. Um, but kudos to Texas. You know, uh, through the years recently, they didn't win a lot. And now you won two in a row at the right time of the season. Uh, I'll agree with you right now. Today, best team in the country, playing the best in the country. But that doesn't mean at Big 12s, Oklahoma doesn't win by 15 or the Cowboys win by six. And that's what makes it um, so much fun. A lot of uh, good times there. Always uh, a great return trip to Pasta Tiempo. You touched on Dylan Minetti. He, too, has won two tournaments in a row quickly becoming the go-to guy for Pepperdine that only has six on the roster. I think we know who the five will make the postseason run. Uh, but I think you might be able to ride Minetti as your horse heading into it. And they play like that. They're one of those four or five teams, I think, that can, uh, can win it all at Greyhawk. I think the waves need to hold on, though, because that's a fast horse. I mean, that, that horse is running about – 80 miles per hour with, with how yeah, he's fast a, he, he plays. He's a TV producer's nightmare. He's an announcer's nightmare because you could Minetti at 12. But uh, he's really uh, – he's sort of taken it to a, a different gear uh, in my estimation that I don't know if we've seen in the past couple of years. Yeah, that's that's what they, they needed to because especially after Saha Sagala left and then last year, you, you could probably argue that I mean, maybe Joe Highsmith was was their best player. I think Joey Versich ended up being the highest ranked. But hey, even don't they, forget about Clay Fagler. Oh, and and, and Clay Fagler. Although yeah. I, I don't know if rankings wise, he was necessarily the top ranked kid on that team. But certainly an experienced leader. Certainly a guy that that always kind of showed up and and you always knew what you could get out of him and and just led led by example. Uh, not so much a, a super vocal guy, but someone who made the team room comfortable and kind of kept everyone at ease in these high pressure situations. But this year they, they've had some guys struggle at times more recently, Joe Highsmith. So seeing him get back on the horse and tie for 22nd, which not, not a great finish, but definitely better than what we've seen out of him. The last handful of tournaments, he's been very inconsistent. He needs to get back to the, the golf that he was playing at the end of the fall when he won at the golf club of Georgia William Mao, we, we talked about uh, two straight top 10s or three straight top 13s now and ties for 13th, makes three bogeys on the final nine to miss out on his third straight top 10. It seems like everything's coming together, but I feel like with how good Texas is, with how good Oklahoma State is, how good Oklahoma is, Pepperdine needs a go-to guy. And Dylan showed that, you know, he could be it. And I loved his post-round interview too, Burko, where he started dropping, you know, Dr. McKenzie and, and, and the, the greens and the craft and all of this stuff. And uh, it, it shows that he's a real student of the game and one, one of my favorite players to watch in college golf. And that's not just because he's fast. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Yeah, no, it was definitely a nice battle between two of the uh, best teams in the country. But another storyline that we sort of carved out yesterday, if you watch the broadcast, 
was the 500 rule that we know for the men to be eligible for a regional bid, they have to have a 500 record. And we started crunching the numbers and it sort of materialized. The San Diego State started the Western seven under 500. Well, some fourth place finishes are better than others. That's where the Aztecs finished as Ryan Donovan put it on his team saying, this final round is the most important of the season. They win 10, they lose three, they pick up the seven. They're now even 500, 72, 72, and three, meaning as long as they finish fifth or better in the Mountain West Conference Championship, they have secured the opportunity to get a regional bid, and they will. Uh, and that's – it's going in the weeds a little bit, but th that's every bit as important, in my opinion, as Texas winning. Yeah, and – and they really should be one of the handful of favorites at, at the Mountain West. So I, I think this week saved their season. And it really goes back even before this week that they finished 13th, 12th, and 14th in street, three straight events. And um, you know the, the team was dealing with uh, a myriad of, uh, of issues. And Coach Donovan going into that Wyoming Cowboy Classic or Wyoming Desert Classic, whatever they call that event, he basically said, quote, this is do or die. I mean, you, you guys can either make a statement, um, which I think he challenged them to finish top two that week. And then they go out and win, um, or they can choose to continue playing how they're playing and basically put the onus on them to have to win the mountain West in order to make the postseason. Um, but, but now they're, they're in a really good spot, uh, easily kind of finished third, if not for that closing par three with that green and that runoff on the right, that, uh, got the best of Justin Hastings and a few of his teammates. But uh, yeah, I, I, I would say now smart money has them finishing above 500 and uh, getting into the postseason, which they're, they're ranked pretty highly. I mean, as long as they, they're eligible, they're going to be, and I'm looking up their record now. Oh, yeah. the they're in their thirties. Oh, 56. So, okay. A little but, higher than I thought, but, but they'll probably bump up once this Western gets updated next week, they'll probably bump up. Maybe into 40s, the forties, high forties. Yeah. yeah. And then a, a good week at the mountain West. So you're looking at possibly being about a 38 to 42. Seat. Yeah. That sounds yeah. about right. Which I wouldn't want to play them if, if uh, you know, with the way they're playing right now as an eight seed. Yeah. Some other teams heading into conference championships that also are part of the 500 rule that you uh, rattled off to me, Alabama, one clear at 46, 45 and one entering the SECs. What Alabama shows up, that would be my real simple question. Yeah. And if they make match play, they're in, even though match play counts because what well, there's 14 teams. So they finish eighth. That means you are do the math for me, six and six and seven. Well, actually, no, that doesn't get it done. No, no, no. I would say eighth wouldn't do it. You would only be – you would lose to – oh, gosh. Red well, eyes. They'd, they'd have you to don't want to finish eight. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. You want to finish in the top six to make sure you yeah. beat eight, lose to five. Yeah, if you finish seventh or eighth, that, that doesn't – You got to win two matches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, math, others, math is not our strong suit. No, not right now. I've got my coffee in hand. Uh, Baylor, 29 and 56, two events left. I remember talking to Mike McGraw at Merido. He's like, we're young. We could be good. And boy, do we have a tough schedule. And, and I think this year it's going to, it's going to yeah, cost them. I, yeah, I, I don't, they're done see it. unless they can win the big 12s. 
Yeah, TCU, another team, 34 under 500 entering conferences. They need something special. UCLA has some golf left, but at 44 uh, under 500, um, Derek Freeman, who's retiring, um, won't even get the opportunity, uh, at least for, for maybe one final hurrah. So um, disappointing if Derek has to go out that way, which it appears is going to be the case. Yeah, unless, unless they can catch lightning in a bottle at, at Pac-12s, which um, it's possible. It's up. It's 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 at uh, Al Aldera Country Club, I think, up in up in Washington. So it, it's a different course. So maybe you never know. Pasatiempo, you posing the question: Is it the best regular college golf stop? Well, for seventy five years, it has been a fixture. Uh, I would certainly put it up there. Uh, recent memory: going to the Elotion Club last year for the inaugural Jackson T. Stevens Cup. I was flabbergasted by how amazing it was. I'm trying to think of some others that have had some long-term run at the same place. The golf club at Georgia is really nice. And there's a, there's a lot of good ones, but I'm almost Cypress the, point. Yeah. I'm almost getting the idea that you're, you're trying to sort of say for you, maybe pasta tempo is the best regular college golf stop. Yeah, because the, the Elotion Club has hosted how many college events? They've, they got a Palmer right. Cup and, and a Stevens yeah. Cup, and Seminoles taking the baton next fall. I, I, but I think it is. 75 it, years, it's kind oh, of remarkable when you go out to Pasta Tiempo. I mean, just, just the history behind it, those green complexes. Um, I, 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 it's easy to see why Alistair McKenzie called it his favorite course and the reason he lived there. Um, it's it's just a special place and there's not much around it. I mean, the Santa Cruz area, uh, it's, it's not a a bustling, uh, Metroplex, you know, there's, there's not a ton to do, um, unless maybe you love the outdoors and biking and hiking and doing things like that. But when you get to Pasa Tiempo, it's just, it's almost like you go back in time. And I know a lot of players, a lot of, kind of fans uh, who are used to watching the, the modern game don't really like it because they think it's kind of silly. Um, and, and I would argue they have a little bit of an argument because these greens, and I, I said this a couple of days ago, they, they weren't designed for these modern day green speeds. I mean, they, they were designed to run about an eight or a nine. And if they're running 11 or 12, it, there's really not a lot of, flat spots where balls can can come to rest on them so that's why you see like on the ninth hole you know a shot that lands in the back and has a lot of spin on it all of a sudden it's off the green and the, the players chip and coming back even though they you, you would think that it would stop within 10 feet or 15 feet or so but uh other than that i, I think it just makes you think i mean it, it it makes you pick the right side of the fairway you have a bunch of uneven lies. I, I, I would say, I, I don't know if you've played the course, Perko, but that second shot into 16. I mean, we talk about how tough the 16 green is with the three tiers, but that second shot, you, you can get a massive downhill lie. And, and it's terrifying standing over that ball and, and knowing that you have to hit an almost perfect shot to have a putt at it. Um, but it, again, I, I enjoy watching that. And you saw the, the guys, once the wind calmed down, they started to figure out the course and and there were some good scores put up uh, as the tournament went on. Yeah. He had a couple of 65s uh, yesterday. Uh, Lundell from BYU threw his name in a hat late. So uh, 
it is right up there, no doubt. And if you could maybe pick a course to host a college event moving forward, what might be on your short list? I'd, I'd love to see a combo event at National and Shinnecock. You know, maybe play 18 holes at National, 18 at Shinnecock, and you know, maybe it's just a 36-hole event, or maybe you do two at National. But uh, I, I just think we, we don't see enough golf in that area of the country. Um, I, I know Yale historically hosts a regional every few years or every handful of years, but there, there's not a lot of big time college events. And, and actually, you know, I, I, I say that and wasn't there just a, a college event in the Hamptons a, a couple years ago? Yes. Gosh, you're racking my brain, but somebody was out there. Cause I remember they put it out on social media, some but pictures. They didn't play national. In no, no, but you can fall over a sideways there and hit a pretty good <laughs> one. Um, I like that. My quick default would be Pine Valley the intrigue, the mystique of Pine Valley. Um, not sure where it's located in Clementon, New Jersey, that who would be a host institution for something like that. Um, Rutgers, right? Oh, I love it. Let me get Rob Schutte on the phone. Let's see if we can't make that happen. I've never been, you know, few people have. Uh, I'm fortunate that I've had a standing invite for a long time from a buddy. Uh, the pandemic sort of messed things up. And, and the one time he texted me three years ago, he said, hey, we're going up on, I'm going to say, May 24, 25, 26. Love for you to be our <laughs> love for you to be our fourth. And I said, I'd love for it, too. And those are the last three days of the NCAA championships. Priorities, Furka. Priorities. I, I thought about it. I thought about it. There was a well-known PGA Tour caddy up there. This buddy of mine, a uh, good friend from college, 30 years plus we've known each other. So it's an open invite that if I ever get some semblance of a game, because you don't want to go up there slapping it around. That's all I know. Like you better, and that doesn't happen a lot with me these days. A couple times a year, you're like, oh, there it is. So, I, Wait, I, so, I'm a, so if, if you're saying that you're slapping it around and the call comes to go play Pine Valley, you would decline and take a rain check? Uh, I, I, I'd have to, cons let, let's put it this way. I'd probably have to get my backside out on the range and hit some balls. All right. <laughs> because, all right I, because, because I don't, I don't do that. Uh, I, if I hit 500 balls a year on a range, that's uh, probably uh, more than the norm, but yes, uh, it's, it's there. And so maybe it's that personal tie of being a Jersey guy, Pine Valley. I'd love to see uh, something there. We'll see. Uh, right before our broadcast yesterday, as the Velocity Global PGA Tour U rankings came out, Eugenio Shikara from Oklahoma State came out on social media saying, even though I'm number three in those rankings, I'm going to respectfully remove myself and go back to Oklahoma State for a fifth year. What's your immediate reaction? I I'm, I'm not totally surprised because I had heard rumblings that that was going to happen. But I think when I initially heard the, the rumblings, I was shocked because here, here we have a guy who has all but guaranteed himself a corn Ferry card for this summer. Clearly his game, at least ball striking wise, is ready for the highest level. And he's figured out his putting with that broomstick recently too. So I thought all signs pointed to him. Uh, 
you know, finishing out this year, trying to give it one last run in terms of winning a team national title and an individual national title, and then joining the Corn Ferry Tour. And with, with his talent, there was no doubt in my mind that he could potentially maybe work his way into the KFT finals and earn a PGA Tour card right out of the gates. But, you know, people are built differently. People are wired differently. And from, from what he said, he felt like he still needed to grow as both a person and he still has some things he needs to accomplish academically as well. I don't know if he was getting his degree this spring. I think he still had a few more courses left. But, uh, I mean, we, we sit here and, and say all the time about how school is should be the most important thing. But then we're shocked when guys choose school. So I, I think it's I think it's refreshing, and I think he's talented enough to where all of this is is going. To, though it's risky, um, all of it is going to be there for him next year. And another thing to keep an eye on too is he's in the running maybe to get the McCormick Medal at the at the end of the year. I think Keita Nakajima at some point is going to turn professional, and if he can bypass Pearson Cootie, if he can bypass Ludwig Aberg this summer, he's going to get a handful of major championship starts. So maybe that factors into the, the decision, but I, I guess my overall thought, I, I am, I am surprised because I, I felt like he was ready to, to get out there and start playing for money. Yeah. To your point, you respect the decisions academically, personally, but going just off of where he stands a very big risk in my opinion, because if you're one through five, it doesn't matter. You're getting those KFT starts and you're exempt to the final stage. You can only go down. Yes. Theoretically he could move up one or two spots. He's currently third, but look, look what, you know, he'll, he'll be out of the rankings next week. He'll go back in next year in the fall, but let's say he moved up to second or first. You truly only can get worse in terms of your rankings. And heaven forbid he has an injury and he doesn't get the minimum number of events. You know, it's just going off of where he is in PGA Tour U ranking. Uh, Again, respect the decision. As you said, everyone ticks differently. Um, I don't get it strictly from a golf standpoint. But that's just great news. Great news for Jacob Bridgman at Clemson and Cole Hammer of the University of Texas, because we've also heard that Sam Bennett from Texas A&M could potentially do the same thing that Eugenio just did. So that brings, you know, two more spots opening up. And uh, so I I, I don't know. I I think uh, and even going down to Trent Phillips at at eight, he's got to be really happy that uh, now he's a couple spots closer or at least one right now to the top five. Yeah, intriguing, but, you know, you have to respect anyone for for making a tough decision like that. So uh, we'll see how it plays out for Shakara the rest of the way uh, and then into next year as well. A lot of conference championships coming up for the women. SEC is already underway in Birmingham at Greystone, Auburn, the defending champs. They led after the first round on Wednesday. I mean, I'm looking at the scores now, and but just as a whole, how darn good the SEC is, whether it's South Carolina or Florida or LSU with Ingrid Lindblad. Texas A&M's had a very good year. So too is Alabama. Kentucky has the U.S. Women's Am champ. Arkansas has been hanging around in the spring despite losing Brooke Matthews. Ole Miss defending national champs. It's 
when you look at it, you sit here and you say, man, there's, there's eight, nine really good teams in the SEC. I mean, I, you could flip a coin. I couldn't tell you who's going to win. Like, I don't think there's that clear cut favorite. You could lean to South Carolina. Florida's had a really consistent year, maybe the best year uh, in recent memory. Um, but I think this could serve this conference well heading into regionals and, and NCAAs. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it, between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics, because that's who we are. Yeah, to, to me, if we're setting odds in terms of teams that have the potential to not just win the SEC, but... Uh, to win it all here in you know a month and a half would probably be South Carolina, Ole Miss, LSU, and Florida. I think those are the four teams that have kind of separated themselves. Um, Texas A&M, uh, the job that uh, Garrett Chadwell's done there has been pretty remarkable with, with them being ranked 11th in the country. But I, I am surprised that Auburn's gotten off to such a good start. I mean, they're kind of peaking at the right time in the last few years. They've They've done so, but this is a team that only finished better than fifth once in a traditional 72-hole stroke play event this season. I mean, they're, they're coming off uh, – I mean, I, I got their schedule up here, but uh, coming off a 10th place finish at Palos Verdes. Before that, they were sixth at the Darius, T7 at Moon Golf, fifth at the UCF Challenge. Um, so they, they have not played well this spring, and uh, – I, I guess it's still early, but it uh, looks like they have something figured out just at the right time. And 12 of, of the 14 teams in this conference should get into a regional. And I'm, I got my eye on Tennessee right now. They're T12. Uh, they're, they're at 60th right now in the golf stat rankings. We know the magic number for the women is right around there. Um, give or take a few spots. And of course they don't have the 500 rule, but uh I, I mean, Tennessee's playing, you know, we talk about San Diego state and the urgency that that squad's feeling on the, on the men's side. So that, that that's another storyline here to kind of, you know, keep an eye on here. These next couple of days in Birmingham is, is can, ten, can Tennessee get into that top eight, make match play and make a run to kind of bump their ranking up a few places and get into regionals. ACC's getting underway today here on Thursday in South Carolina. You'd have to say wake Forest the, Heavy favorite. Intriguing to see what Virginia might do. Florida State's been playing well. Beatrice Valine, another great performance uh, at Augusta. And then Duke. They're going for their 23rd ACC title, I believe, under Dan Brooks. It would be one of his great coaching jobs, in my opinion, to see them make it to Greyhawk and play well. That that That's how much uncertainty... That's how much uncertainty I have about one of the two greatest programs of all time with the, you know, the most successful college golf coach, uh, at least on the women's side, maybe not uh, men. You could throw Holder out there, obviously at Oklahoma state, but uh, we don't normally say that about Duke and that's the team. I'm, 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 I want to see how they play this week. And then what regional do they get shipped off to? And does Erica Shepard take it up a, a notch? 
Is Phoebe Brinker what we saw for moments at Champions Retreat? Because they're going to need those two, in my opinion, to finish in the top 10, top 12, the next couple of tournaments, if they're going to move all the way to Arizona. Yeah, and, and anytime, anytime you take a player of Gina Kim's caliber out of the lineup with, with her turning pro uh, in the middle of the season, it, it's going to be a, a huge blow. But this is a young team, and, and so they, they have a lot of potential to kind of grow quickly. And as you mentioned, Phoebe Brinker looked like she could be that player that steps it up a couple notches. I'm still waiting for Erica Shepard to, to be that star, to be that number one. She's shown glimpses, but to me, the challenge for her, especially moving forward the rest of this season and into next season, she's got to, she's got to bring it every single tournament. Um, you know, she, she takes some tournaments off here, here or there. She sprinkles in some, some high finishes. Um, and, and that's kind of what's holding Duke back right now from, I think, being able to contend in this ACC championship and for the remainder of the postseason. I, I got my eye on Florida State. Um, you mentioned Beatrice, uh, her, her decision to come back is, is the difference between Florida State possibly not even making it to Greyhawk and then possibly winning it all at Greyhawk. She's that good of a player. And Alice Hodge, she's playing well right now. I know it's super, super early here in Polly's Island at the Reserve Club. But remember, she was the player who made that costly double bogey to knock Florida State out of match play last year. And yeah, I still ninth, remember ninth hole. Yep. I still remember that image of her in tears. And you just felt so bad for her. But what Amy Bond told me that day and and then since then, you know, the, the, she knew that moment was going to motivate them and inspire them to do great things in the future. And there were times admittedly earlier this season where you thought, all right, is Florida state even going to get a chance to do that? But they, they've answered the question and they're playing, playing really well. I, I still think wake forest ends up winning this week, but don't be surprised to see the Seminoles in match play uh, come mid May. We've got a few more starting over the next, uh, oh gosh, what is it? Three to seven days. Pac-12 for the women. Eugene Country Club loved that place. We saw it at the 2016 NCAAs. You would have to think, I probably would have leaned to Oregon to begin with, and then you get to play at home. Although Arizona State coming around nicely. USC has had a great spring. Um, seemingly Arizona always finds a way to make some noise at this time of the year. Uh, if it's not the SEC in terms of depth and quality from top to bottom, I mean, the PAC 12 right there. Yeah. I, I think this is the best conference by far in, in women's golf, possibly not 11, 12 deep like the SEC is, but again, they don't, they only have what 12 teams. So, or 11 maybe. Um, so it, I, I just think at the top, you probably have four or five of the best eight teams in the country in the Pac-12, I think, potential-wise, because UCLA may be 16th, but I, I think the talent that's on that roster and how young they are, like I said before, uh, with with Duke, there's there's a lot of potential there to do great things even in the next few months. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, so you're you're taking Oregon, is that right? Second best team in the country, according to the rankings. They're very good. We had Derek Radley on earlier this spring. But if you're telling me they can play at home, you like them over Stanford. 
Oh yeah, I forgot about that Stanford team. I knew there was a <laughs> see. That's the right. That's the wait. You, you didn't mention like, Stanford at all. I didn't. I went from Oregon to Arizona State. <laughs> so that's what the red eye does to you. And I'm sitting oh, there. I'm no. like, God. I'm like, I'm missing somebody. I'm missing somebody. Uh, I'm gonna stay true. I, I, certainly a very uh, embarrassing omission by me, and I'll own it. Bulletin board uh, material. For Ann Walker's yeah. oh, God. No, they don't need uh, bulletin board material. Yeah, you know what? I will take Oregon. How about yeah, that? I, I'm, I'm, I, I like the Oregon picks, playing at home. That, that's a golf course that I, I think course knowledge is even more valuable than just your run-of-the-mill college golf course. I, I'm still going to stick with Stanford. They, they've looked bad at times, but that's relatively bad. I mean, that, that's still looking elite. That's just not looking – invincible um rachel heck showed a lot of uh of of guile and and guts at the augusta national women's amateur getting in to the final round at at augusta national she's been up and down but great players find a way to play great when it matters most and so i have no worries about her no worries about rose zang even the left foot or the left toe or whatever it is the pinky toe i think that's not concerning. She's had a couple weeks now, or, or she'll, she'll have had a couple weeks to kind of rest. So hopefully she's doing that. Just a, a very deep team. I mean, Brooke Say, we're going to see her, or, uh, you know, we, we saw her play a, a, a major championship. She, she wasn't one of the six or seven players at Augusta National for it and Walker squad. They're just loaded and they've, they've had their, uh, you know, they've, they've taken some, uh, some lumps, but, uh, I mean, they're they're just too good, and I so I, I I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say they they run the table the rest of the way. Yeah, uh, did I tell you Stanford's in the Pac-12? Did you know they're playing uh, at a Eugene Country Club? <laughs> good Lord, how do I forget that? Uh, and then next week we'll do a little preview of the Big Ten women and the Big Twelve. They get going a week from Friday, so we can maybe do a little deeper dive on that. But more importantly, we wanted to get back on the rails after a little uh, bye week during master's week, but uh, we're both on and off the rails today. I'm, I got a big cup of coffee in my hand. I'm going to need more, but uh, this is it. All all kidding aside, we get ramped up after labor day. We talk about the road to Greyhawk. Brentley it's here. Like we, I mean, there are going to be teams locking up automatic qualifying positions for regionals, I mean, it gets me to a different level in terms of college golf, uh, of, of the excitement, the uncertainty, the potential surprises. And there's going to be heartache. There's going to be a top two or three seed, maybe even a one seed, uh, potentially Ooh. with the women as Avix. Hey, with the women going to six regionals, and we'll get into that in a couple of weeks, they're still only going with 24 teams. So that means four out of each regional. They're, there's going to be someone somewhere somehow that we're going to talk about and say, how did they not get through? Wow. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't count it out. I mean, we've, we've seen number one seeds in the last couple of years, both the men's and women's sides, not, not get it done. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, th- this is the players postseason coming up. It's also our postseason. You know, we, we, we got to make sure that we're on top of our games. And I've actually, uh, I, I just started looking at, you know, magic numbers and getting my bracketology stuff ready. So uh, 
ready to go. I mean, hopefully the uh, the baby holds off a, a few more weeks and gets me through regionals, and then uh, we sit on the couch and watch you all do a great job covering the national championship. So looking forward to it. When's the due date? We need to start circling this. May May 16th. So uh, so you should be good with regionals, at yeah, least the regional yeah. selection shows. Which, it, then, which is what you guys need me for. And then after that, you know, we can have uh, – We'll send we can have lab or yeah we yeah we we can we can have lab stay up late on a Wednesday night doing all the uh, regional roundups for the men all six of them (laughs) yeah make the guy yeah do some work that Georgia Bulldog Uh, always good to catch up my friend and for all those uh, listening we appreciate you spending some time with us here on College Golf Talk and we'll do it again right here next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.